Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Game Over Toronto. I'm your host, Rahef, and I'm going to be joined in just a little bit by my guest tonight, Omar White. We're going to be recapping that extremely boring and meaningless game that just took place against the Boston Bruins. The Leafs won 5-2. to two. And then we're kind of going to be looking back on what's been a record-setting season for the Leafs and kind of doing a little bit of a playoff preview. What can we expect? them against their opponent, which we now officially know with that Leafs win, is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. So with that, welcome my guest tonight, Omar White. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Are you awake after that one? (laughs) I am soundly asleep. Soundly asleep, Omar. That was an incredible, that was so boring. That was so boring. Yeah, yeah, not not too much to I guess really get excited for, but you all know, mission accomplished. You know, you go in, uh, you you play well, I guess, and you know people don't get injured, even though there was a a couple of scares here or there. Oh man, that Lilligren hit! I was on the edge of my seat. I was so scared. Yeah, there was a moment where I was literally just like, okay, I think it's time to start benching people just for health reasons. Like after Justin Hall, I think had that uh, that collision, that fifty fifty collision with um with Jake DeBrusque. Then like the Bruins started taking runs at him, and then McKeev gets knocked down, and Blackwell gets knocked down. I was like, okay, I think Keith made the right decision in, sit- <laughs> in sitting down like Matthews and Marner and Tavares. But uh, you know, everything worked out well, so I was okay. Yeah, yeah. In the end, it was it was okay. And you know, there there were a couple of um, interesting moments, I guess, in the game. You know, Nick Abertzizi gets his first National Hockey League goal, which was, you know, I'm really happy for him. Uh, really mm-hmm. exciting to see. That was really. Cool. I, I'm glad someone's happy for him because he looked like he didn't care at all. <laughs> right. I actually noticed that he had absolutely. He looked like you know when Austin Matthews scores his like 45th goal of the season, and it's just like. I've been here before. I've yeah. done this. Absolutely no expression. That's what Nick Abruzzese looked like. I was, I, he didn't even cheer. <laughs> yeah. And he's a Boston kid too, right? So like, like you'd think that there'd be some, like, I guess, extra like flair, like, hey, I got my first NHL goal against, uh, against, you know, I guess the, the hometown team or whatever. But I don't know, maybe understanding the fact that it is like the last game of the season, like not the best players are playing, but hey, I don't know, man. And, you know, it's still a pretty good memory. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to do that. So. Yeah, and it was at home, too. He got a little bit of, like, a standing ovation. Like, in the end, it was a cool moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But, you know, I think think it's good for him, especially considering, like, whoa, that was, like, his eighth game, maybe, with the Leafs since uh, signing out of college. And, you know, I think he almost had his first NHL point on that uh, Spezza goal the other day, but, you know, got called offside because he was offside. Uh, so I guess you know finishing off the finishing off the regular season with something to show on the scoreboard, and I think really could be a good a good um I guess confidence booster for him, especially you know if the Leafs do go on a long playoff run, which they help, which they hope for, and which we all hope for, then you know hope then I think he hopes to be one of those um I guess uh, next next people next person up in the lineup, and hopefully this goal I guess is something that kind of. Something that he can hang his hat on, I guess. You know, I came in the NHL, I played, I scored my first goal. Let's see what happens next year. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. Um, some 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 other like fringe players that I I think looked look really good tonight. Uh, Joey Anderson. Yeah, I think had, Joey a, had a great night. Yeah, yeah, had a couple of a uh, couple of opportunities. I think like two back to back on like the same shift. Yeah, that um, shift was really good. Yeah. It's wild. Do you know, like, like, I forgot how young he is. I thought he was like 27. I, that's what I thought. How old is no, he? No, he's 23. 
right? I know. Wow. So he's yeah. Matthew's age. Are they the same? Wait, what? Wait, he's Matthew's is age? Ma- is Matthew's is... is... Okay, now you... I'm like, now I'm concerned. Because Matthew's is 24. Wow, man. I love this team. Matthews is only 24. Oh, I love drafting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Anderson's, yeah. Anderson's another, uh, another player. He had, um, yeah, I think he had uh, a couple of good looks, which is solid. And I think in a game like this, where not many people are trying, and this is kind of is like a, a show me what you got type of performance. I think he did pretty well. And, you know, if the Leafs are, do have a lot of bodies and numbers as far as forward depth goes, but you know, I think he's put himself in a good position to fill up, fill up some spots later on. And, or maybe he can take this, take this confidence, bring it back down to the Marlies. I don't know what the Marlies are doing right now, but yeah, I think it was a pretty good, pretty good night for him too. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was like, like we said, pretty uneventful, but officially we now know with that win that the Leafs are going to be playing the Tampa Bay lightning in round one of the playoffs. So I have to ask you, Omar, how do you feel about that? And did you have like a preference coming into tonight? Because there was the, you know, if if the cards played out in a certain way with I think Tampa did lose today. Did they not they to did. New York? Yeah. So it, with Tampa losing, yeah. if Boston had um, beaten Toronto tonight, the Leafs first round opponent would have been the Boston Bruins. So were you secretly rooting for that or did you just, you know, were you neutral on the preference of which team the Leafs were going to play? All right. Um, Rahef. Yeah. Leafs fans watching, you have watched this team your entire life. So you know whether the Leafs are the favorite, whether they're the underdog, anything that happens, it's never a guarantee regardless of who they face. They face Washington, lose. They face Boston, they lose. They face Boston again, they lose. They face Columbus, they lose. They face Montreal last year, up through one and they lose. So for me... Like when this all the scenario stuff was going on, I I don't care. I I generally don't care because I, I think the team and you mentioned at the beginning of the beginning of the show, like the team has looked better this year. They've set a whole bunch of records. To be honest, like beat who you have to beat, and you know what? It, what would would the loss sting less if it's against Tampa? Probably because you can say, okay, well they're up against you know the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, it makes sense. But, like, for me, man, I, like, just play the games. I don't, I generally don't, don't care who they face. Just play the games. They've showed that they can beat anyone, and I don't think there should be anyone that they should be fearful of. Yes, of course, every team has their, you know, their concerns, and you have to respect different teams for different reasons, but I, I genuinely don't see a reason why the Leafs can't, couldn't beat Tampa or beat Boston. Yes, Tampa is Tampa, and I'm not. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, the Leafs are better than better than Tampa, but like, I feel like this team is different, and I've had that feeling the entire year, and I have that belief going into the playoffs. So for me, I didn't necessarily care. Wouldn't it have been funny? Oh, 100% would have been funny. But, but as far as like a uh, better matchup, I, I really don't care who they face. Just play the games, win the series, do what you can. So you you said you have belief. So Omar, do you believe that? The Leafs can get it done this year. Ah, uh, I mean, I, I tweeted it at the beginning of the, at the, at the, I think it was like a month or so into the season where I was like, I'm all in again, which is hilarious. Considering <laughs> last year, <laughs> last year, I was like, I don't care what they do in the regular season. I'm out. But yeah, yeah, man. Like, like this, again, there's something about this team that just feels different. They just, they, it's like, they know 
what the goal is. And I'm not sure last year they truly grasped that, you know, like as, as, as damaging as that Amazon documentary was, there are two moments that, that I can't, I can't get out of my head. Um, first off, was Travis Dermott disp- deciding to do the spinorama after, after Sheldon Keefe had the most epic speech I've ever heard. A speech so epic that I forgot they lost. Um, and then the second thing is that when Sheldon Keefe knew from the beginning of the season what the issues were, he would have conversations with Spezza. He would have conversations with Tavares and be like, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, we, you know, we're winning games, but like, when can we get to a point where it's like, you know, we're up 4-1, 5-1 in the game? And the game is just over and we don't allow the, the opposition to score here or there. Like when can we get to get to a point where it's just done? And anytime he would bring it up, it would always get brushed off. And I can never forget. It was, I forgot what episode it was, but like Matthews and Marner and I think Riley and Joe Thornton were in the office with Keith and Dubis and Keith brought it up again. And Thornton was like, ah, we're first in the division. We're first in the division. I think that mindset is completely gone. I think I think now they've gone into this season going into the playoffs knowing that what they do the regular season doesn't matter. Matthews brings it up all the time. We still have work to do. There's still a bigger goal here. Marner's brought it up. I'm pretty sure that's that's plays into into I guess his okayness. I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, okayness of of him sitting uh, of him sitting out. And even though he was you know relatively close to 100 points, I think the team knows what the focus is and they know what they need to do and how they need to dial things up. Um, so yeah, just, there's just something different about this team. And if they end up losing, well, you know, well, at least fan model, there's always next year. Um, but I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll sting as much, as much as last year, which is really odd to say, um, if they were, if they were to lose this, this time. Like you said, it does feel like there's a sense of urgency, maybe more than there was last year, especially with this group, um, you know, I feel like there is no promise that they'll stay together if the Leafs lose in the first round again. I feel like there is that sense of urgency, um, you know, that core group. So I definitely agree. And, you know, like you said, with Marner, you know, being able to or being OK with sitting out tonight when he had when he had the ability to reach 100 points. I think that that also speaks volumes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in the end, it's been you know, a record-breaking season for the Leafs. They finished with 115 points and 54 wins, which are both franchise records. You know, we see Matthews with 60 goals in a season, which hasn't been done since Ovechkin, and I believe 05-06, if I'm not mistaken, which was just incredible to witness, even though he only played 73 games, which is unreal. Just unreal. We see Marner with 97 points, Nylander with 80 and 81 up and down the lineup, there are Leafs with, you know, um, incredible seasons. Ilya Mikheyev had an outstanding season this year. Yeah. Imagine, ima- <laughs> imagine if Kyle Dubas didn't hit, hit Mikheyev with the Bugs Bunny meme. Cause you know, he walks in like, Hey, <laughs> no. I want to trade. And he was just like, no, imagine if Dubas listened and like traded him for like a pick. Cause that, that's what the trade would have been. It would have been like, a pick in like Dennis Mulligan part two. And then we would have, <laughs> we would have watched like McKay of like, <laughs> like score 21 goals with like, I don't know, like Carolina or, or, or something. So yeah, yeah, man, he's going to be, I think, I think him and Angwall have been two players that have had like huge turnaround turnaround seasons and a player like McKay in particular, like that's, that's the difference, man. Like, like Wayne Simmons this morning says something like, you know, like, 
um, like when it comes down to like winning the playoffs, like it ha- you have to, it's if you win or lose a series based off of how your depth players are playing. And I don't know what the playoff lineup is going to look like. I know Keith did say that he's thinking of reuniting Tavares and Nylander together. Now, does that mean that we go back to the, you know, the OG of Kerfoot Tavares Nylander, or is it um, McKayev Tavares Nylander? And if it's back to that original line and you put McKayev on the third line, I think that's going to be huge. Like him and him and um, him and Engvall and Camp, that was a line that was like relied on for like a lot of defensive starts. A lot of starts against you know, um, against you know the, the the top players on the opposition. So like I think that can be the difference if you have Mikheyev like continuing what he's doing, and you see it all the time. Like Tampa, prime example. Like every time you think of to those those cup winning teams on Tampa, everyone talks about that third line with Yanni Gordon, Barkley Goudreau, and Blake Coleman. So you know, can Mikheyev be that for this Leafs team? I think so, and I think that's why it was such an important decision to keep him. Yeah, agreed. And you made you make a great point about depth in general and, you know, the Tampa Bay's depth. I mean, their fourth line is incredible as well. So I think that's going to also be like a huge matchup for the Leafs. Like, who do they play on that fourth line? And, and you know, will they be good enough? I mean, who do you ice? Like, if your game one is today, it's Monday. What is your starting lineup for the Leafs? Um, is this under the assumption that my boy... Michael it's Bunting under the assumption that okay. your boy oh wait before we even start that can yeah. i want to give you your moment please yeah. please talk about michael bunting and how you were his biggest fan from day one because omar one. like pat on the back i mean i don't know what else to say it's it's, it's you and then kyle dubas for like signing him <laughs> but you before kyle dubas <laughs> i mean like so i i i guess pride myself in being someone who's like a huge fan of like the I don't know I don't want to say that the unsung heroes because like bunting is loved now but like (laughs) so like when it comes to like a team there are the people that you like you you like right so like on this on this Leafs team like you'll like Matthews obviously and Marner obviously and and if you're a huge Nylander fan scored two goals for you that must have been awesome um right you know Riley and stuff but for me I've always been a fan of like the kind of like the middle tier players, but who also have like that, like significant impact. So like growing up, I was a huge fan of like Bates, Bataglia, uh, Bataglia and like, and Nicholas Hagman. I hated Fanuf because Hagman had to go the other way in the trade. It's a fun fact. I don't know if anyone knows that story. I had, I had a huge resentment for Fanuf, like his first two seasons, um, even though he had that like huge hit in the first game. It was like, oh, Fanuf. And I was like, no, because Hagman went the other way. Um, Clark MacArthur, loved Clark MacArthur, dude. I love Clark MacArthur so much. Uh, and then Connor Brown, like that stung, stung so hard um, um, when he had to, when he had to uh, get traded. So, you know, after Connor Brown got traded, I like protected my heart because I was like, okay, I, I can't be tied to anyone because I don't know if you're going to stay long term. And then out comes Michael J. Bunting from Scarborough, Ontario. And I'm, watching, Scarborough him, boy. Like, and I'm watching him and I'm like, you're the one. You're the one. And then like, you know, tr- you know, training camp and preseason and all these videos came up and I was like, yep, yep. Then you scored that hat trick in the preseason. And I was like, yes. And then I bought his jersey and it was sick. And then in the back of my head, I was like, ah, did I make a mistake buying this jersey? But no, it, it was awesome. And yeah, I just love Michael Bunting's the kind of player I think you want in the playoffs. And honestly, like I think he's going to be a, another one as well. And that's why like when he got hurt, I was like, that's the worst, op- worst time it could have happened. But, you know, I, I think he's going to be okay. And again, like that that top line with, with uh, Matthews and Marner and then Bunting on it, like, yeah, but yeah, you can argue that Bunting's kind of like the, 
I don't know if the freeloaders want to guess, but like he has, he has a role on, on that line as well. And I think he's going to be a, a, a force. So yeah, I love, love Michael J bunting. Love him so much. Can't believe he's on another like Liebman deal next year. Theft. Absolutely. Theft. theft. Oh my God. So yeah. <laughs> bunting for Calder. Man. Okay. So I was on that train for the longest time. And then I watched Cole Caulfield hit like 23 goals even though he had like two in February, man, like, <laughs> like he's, he's had an incredible run. And, but I don't know. I think for the longest time it's been like, it's been um, uh, Maritza Sider in Detroit. Just like the fact that again, like you're playing top pair of minutes as a, as a, uh, as a rookie defenseman, like, yeah, sure. You know, the team overall isn't good, but like that's, that's incredible stuff. So I don't know, maybe he might get, maybe he might get like a third and third nomination here or there, or maybe he might not get nominated at all. Like that's, that'll, that'll be completely fine. I think regardless, it's been a successful season for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he finishes the season with 63 points um, and 23 goals, just an outstanding rookie season for Michael Bunting. Um, mm. So let, let's, let's pretend that he's healthy and he's going to play in game one. What is your starting lineup for the Leafs? Yeah. I think the first two lines, well, actually, not even the first two lines, pretty much just the first line, I think, for most people is set in stone, if that's the case. Then you have a lot of wiggle room, I think, playing around. Yeah, with absolutely. And I think I think that's a very good point that you're bringing up that there is, it is really right now only the first line that's set in, in Bunty Matthews Marner because there's so much change that can be made as you go through lines two and four. Like, do you keep, um, Mikheyev playing with Tavares. So that's been something that, that um, Sheldon Keefe has been going, going with for the last like couple weeks or so. Or do you go back to, um, to Kerfoot? And, and if not, does that mean Kerfoot gets knocked down? Um, or do you bring back that Mikheyev camp, Kerfoot, uh, Mikheyev camp Engvall line that was so solid? And then and then I think the fourth line, I don't think we're going to get like one fourth line. Like I, I can see it happening in like phases, like, you know, maybe the like Sheldon Keefe just like, you know, he puts like a bunch of magnets with like the, the possible names. He covers his eyes and just like throws it. And he's like, okay, so Spezza, Blackwell and Clifford, okay, you're up. And then, sees, and then he sees how that goes. Game one goes, if it's good, you stick with it. If not, you make that change. Or maybe if like, or maybe the difference between playing up, playing at home or playing away. Um, so I think we can actually see a lot of changes. I think to your point, Rehef, the only the first line is the only line that's in full lock. And then the rest are, it can kind of be changed up and down. Um, but as far as the defense pairings go, I think the defense pairings might be a little upset. You know, we have Riley Lubushkin, uh, Brody Muzzin, and then, Giordano and one Timothy Jimothy Lilligren, uh, who I hope has finally paved the way to like get that playoff start because like the whole time I was always thinking like, you know, they're going to use the whole like he's, he's an experience in the playoffs thing or he's not strong enough in front of his own net thing, which, okay, I understand that. But like, I, I think this season he's really proven how that he can play, he can compete, he can take the hits. Um, when they come and again, I think, I don't, I don't think you want to, you know, disrupt the, I guess the, the chemistry that he's, that he's like quickly generated with Mark Giordano. So hopefully that uh, that's the pairing that they decide to go for. Yeah, I agree. I actually think for defense, um, Theo Lilligren is probably the one I have set, set in stone. I'm not a hundred percent sold on Lubushkin. Like from mm. to me, it alternates between whether I want him in the lineup or Hall. But the thing is, is like if you put in Hall, 
you you put Hall with Muzzin. It's like we know that hasn't worked in the past, or at least you know mm-hmm. this season. So it is it is tricky. Um, if they go with what the defense pairs were today, then it looks like Hall's going to be um, sitting out game one. Um, I guess we'll have yeah. to see. Do you have like any thoughts about the Labushkin Hall? Um, I mean, I think it is interesting, right? I mean, I think maybe that could be another area where Sheldon Keefe isn't really married to anything either. Like, I think, man, if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I walk into that, I walk into game one, this stone cold, like, if you mess up, you're out. Like, like, no, no second chances. Like, like, we're not messing around here. Like, the, the team is, the team has gotten better than what we thought it would be last year. Like, if you mess up, you're out. So, like, if I'm looking at like Labushkin, for example, who, you know, for all intents and purposes is, I guess, the ideal defenseman you want in a playoff series, one that, you know, is, isn't afraid to like to, to throw hits in, fr- in front of the net, around the net, in the neutral zone, uh, not afraid to jump up in the rush. Um, but at the same time, there are some moments where he feels like where, you know, he kind of does struggle defending the rush against, especially in those one-on-one situations. But I do think that Riley and Labushkin have kind of, I guess developed an understanding to um with each other as far as giving Riley the means to jump up in ice and Lubushkin staying back so Riley can do that. And I guess on the flip side for Hall, we've seen a lot of instances where Hall will like make a pass and then just like go, I'm a forward now, and just like <laughs> go down to the offensive zone with like not realizing if anyone's covering, and then there's an offense offensive rush, and then the team scores. And you can't allow that against a team like Tampa. And I think that's what you have to really keep in mind is who who on the team are gonna make the best decisions at the right moments. And and I think from there, that's where you have to make your your line of decisions from. So if it's if initially, if it, if, if I'm if I'm Sheldon Keefe and I'm looking at Labushkin and Hall, I give the initial look to Labushkin, I give the initial look to Lilligren, and then I just watch and see. And if there are multiple um, issues or multiple mistakes or multiple um, multiple issues or uh, sorry, multiple like like goofs if you want to call it that wind up in the back of the net, Dang especially. It. In, Dang it! If you want to call it that, yeah. If, if you have those the things, those that are happening that end up in the back of your net and then cost you a game, like it's one thing for just a goal to be scored, but if it's a goal that costs you the game, Dermot, right? Then you know, I think those are the decisions that you have to make. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dermot. Like I love you, Dermot, as as a person. I love Dermot as a player, but like that's that spinorama, like Dermot and Galchenyuk, like those those names will forever be burned. Traumatized. Don't worry, I get uh, it. So yeah, I think I think those are the things that that um, Keith is going to do. Just like watch, see see who makes the right decisions at the right time, and then they're going to be they're going to get the ones who are going to get the ice time. Yeah, and do you think like looking back at the Montreal series, I think a really important factor in that series was the Leafs' power play, and that mm-hmm. it just completely dried up. Um, and you know that that was obviously a storyline throughout the season. If you had to pick, I don't want to just say one thing, but let's let's say two or three things that you think are going to be key for the Leafs against Tampa Bay. What do you think those would be? Um, I think the penalty kill has to stay as good as it's been. I think that will be a real a, a damaging factor um, because when it comes to killing penalties, like you know, 
Usually teams just defend. But what the Leafs have been doing this season is attacking on the penalty kill. And it's, it's really been, you know, Mitch Marner and Alex Kerfoot who have really been, I guess, driving, driving that. Even Camp has actually made, made some pretty solid, solid plays. And Engvall and Mikheyev finally. The power kill. Right. The power kill, man. Like, I think, or like Keith called it the pressure kill, like whatever. Like, I think <laughs> that that's going to be huge because, hey, you know what? Like refereeing in the playoffs is stupid. So you know what? So you never know like when something's going to be called, or when something isn't going to be called. And in the moment, if you do end up taking a penalty, it'd be pretty sick if you end up scoring on that, on that short, shorthanded rush, because not only one would that I don't know, either put you in the lead, tie the game or whatever, or even just get you on the board. But it all, it also would just take the wind out of Tampa's sails at the time, because again, Tampa is a team that's also known for its offensive weapons as well. So I think the, the penalty kill, Power play, absolutely. Um, again, back to the idea that in the power in the playoffs, you don't get many opportunities, so you have to score on those opportunities. And to your point, Rehef, uh, what we saw last year was just like it got to a point where the Leafs would get a power play, and it was just like, can we just like pass? Like, can we just like not take it? Can we just like do some type of conversion we, or something? We don't need it. No, it's, it's like, not going to uh, do us any good. Like a five on three. Ah, uh, do we really need that? Can we just like? transferred to something else. So I think that's those. So I think special teams overall, absolutely. You have to score on, on those opportunities, especially because Tampa knows how to defend, man. Like they, they've done it. We've seen them do it multiple times. You see them do it all the way to the Stanley cup, you know, back to back years. So yeah. you, you have to score on those opportunities. You like, you have to. And um, so I think so definitely. So both special teams um, and goaltending. It, it's, it's, I mean, that's a tough yeah. ask. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and that's not to say that Jack Campbell wasn't good last year or that Jack Campbell wasn't good this year. I mean, th- there was that stretch where, like, you know, Jack Campbell like definitely like dipped. But when if you're Jack Campbell and you're looking across the ice and you're seeing Andre Vasilevsky, like, it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to not be the second, you know, come in second place when it comes to goaltending. But you you have to try. You have to do your best. If Andre Vasilevsky is making save after save doing the splits like he does all the time, like all these, all these crazy stops, you have to match that. You have to. And the worst possible thing that Jack Campbell can do, and it's completely unfair, but it has to be said, the worst thing that he could do is if the Leafs are buzzing, some turnover happens, there's an odd man rush and they score. That's like, it's, it's, that's going to be tough especially if it's like a zero zero game and like we're in the third period or something. So yeah. it's, yeah. So special teams and goaltending, I think are, are going to be the key thing. Um, and then, you know, the stars have to show up, right? Yeah. You know, the third, the third line was great, but you know, it's also by last year, you know, Braden point was sick for Tampa. Kucherov was sick for Tampa. Stamkos was good. Right. Victor Hedman was good. So that's what it come down to. So, you know, we talk about the, you know, the depth and the core and stuff or, or the depth and like the, the defense and goaltending, but the stars just have to remember that they're stars. 100%. And I think that's definitely been an issue for the Leafs in the past, you know, obviously last series against Montreal as gets injured, but the issue that the Leafs have had is, you know, they have this, these top two lines where theoretically you have Matthews Marner have Nylander Tavares. I mean, obviously it depends on what the combination Sheldon Keefe goes with. But regardless, you have four incredible players. And I think the issue in the past has been that all four have not been clicking in the playoffs at the same time. It's always been 
one or two and the others have kind of just been um silent for the most part and i think that's what we saw last last season against montreal and i think that's something as you said that is going to be key for them this season i mean this this postseason matthews and marner we've seen them tear it up all year long hopefully that does not dry up in the playoffs that would be awful for the Leafs. insanely frustrating too it's just like we like we we watched you do this like we watched it was so easy like you're doing in between the legs all this stuff like where, like where, like where is that where is that that'd be insanely frustrating if if the offense dries up and again it, you know it might if they if the Leafs lose in the first round and but Matthews and Marner are are silent again then I think that's where you might might entertain some of those serious conversations. I think if, if everyone is clicking and everyone's doing their best, and everyone's doing their job, but it's just like, Hey, you face Tampa, then I think it would be the easier pill to swallow. And maybe, maybe you, 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 you kind of tweak around the edges a little bit, but maybe the core core remains intact. But if it's another year where, you know, you're relying on your, you're watching your stars, not doing anything and then you know, result in a loss, then maybe that's where you start to have those kind of bigger conversations. Yeah. Hopefully that is not the case. Hopefully we see a patented Austin Matthews wrister game one of the playoffs, assisted by Mitch Marner. It's going to be on home ice. Hopefully the atmosphere at the SBA is going to be incredible. I'm really, really excited Uh, either way. I guess before we wrap things up, I just wanted to ask you, Omar, Mm. what if you could like look back on the season? What was your personally like? What was a moment that really stood out to you? Like what was your favorite or one of your favorite moments of the year um matthews that that goal okay so you remember when matthews like um raised a whole bunch of uh, money for like november and he shaved his mustache i will never forget that (laughs) then he comes back and literally obliterates the colorado avalanche like that goal where he was just like in front of the goaltender and just made like a hundred moves and then that that was man that goal like I flipped over my chair. That goal was so sick. Um, yeah, I think, but I think when it comes down to, to looking at the season overall, I mean, like it, it, it starts and it, and it ends with Matthews and what he was able to do. You know, we started the show with this 60 goals in 73 games, man. Like if you like, and if you think, you know, if he starts, if he starts a season, plays a full 82 or at least 81 or 80, depending on how the playoff situation is going, like it's just, this is literally what we were promised, which is wild. Um, you know, again, the, that first that lottery win when you know Brandon Shanahan was in was in you know was at at the it was in, it was on the network. You know, he's with the other 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 uh, team officials. Trevor Linden, you know, he, he you know, Vancouver dropped down. He looked sad, and then who else was there? Brian Burke was there. Calgary dropped. He was upset. The Winnipeg Jets won. It was awesome for them, and it was between the Jets and the Leafs. We could have either got Line A or Matthews. Put the card over, gave it to man that Can we you... did not, we did not comprehend how huge that would end up being. Where were you when that happened? Where was I? I was at home watching the draft lottery with my brother, who was also a crazy Leaf fan. Um, we were watching it together. And yeah, I will. I don't think anybody truly knew how incredible Austin Matthews was going to be like, I don't think anybody thought he would be this good. I remember yeah. people were comparing him to Kopitar um, <laughs> at the time. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was those. Uh, I think even he compared himself to Kopitar, actually. Or I don't know. Yeah, I think I remember that was that was like the big that was like the big the big uh, narrative. I think he I think the, the Kopitar thing was going on. But then, yeah, from there, from the draft and we watched him at the World Cup. He's playing with McDavid and team North like, America, team North America. Man, they need to bring that. They need to bring that team back. But like as obvious over 23 year olds, just like one game. I know oh, that'd be so one funny. game, just one game. Just imagine like right now, like Matthews, McDavid, Johnny Goudreau, McKinnon. Arner would that. be on that team. Marner, oh, that, that would be Riley, disgusting. Phil. Oh, man. They need to do like a best on best tournament soon. Um, <laughs> so, yes. And then going from the World Cup and then going from that first game of four goals. And then from that moment, we were like, wow, this this kid can legitimately be a difference maker. Like if the Leafs end up doing something, you know, of substance in a season, like it'll be from him. And there have definitely been a lot of frustrations like as a team, but individually, like Matthews has gotten better and better every single year. And the fact that again, he has found a way to look better. Mitch Marner has found a way to look better. Mitch Marner can score goals. I mean, like, who saw that coming? Remember a couple of seasons ago when everybody was criticizing him for his like floaty wrist shot? Wow, dude, have things changed? So was I. So was I. When he signed that deal, now he was making like ten point eight, whatever it was. I was like, man, like you can't, you can't, you can't make double digits if you're not scoring at least thirty. And then Mitch Marner looked me dead in the face and said, "Okay, fine, screw you." And then like, and then finished the season with like through what thirty four, thirty five goals, like. Like, so, so there's that, but again, there's the caveat of, can you do it in the playoffs? So I think just the growth of those two in particular, because they're, they're already so good just to see them get even better. I think has been like, just unreal. And honestly, like I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, um, how they play in the playoffs this year. Oh my. One last question, Omar. Yep. Matthews for heart. Oh, thousand percent. 1,000%, 1,000%. Like, and that's not to take away from like all the other stories. McDavid, you're McDavid. Um, (laughs) Yeah, very true. There's not much else to say. Yeah, McDavid, you're McDavid. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, great season. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, incredible season. You know, but like, just let us listen, okay? These fans, we have suffered for so long through so many things. And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe us, just type the Leafs are awesome. And then to see how quick everyone says, win a series, it was 3-1, it was 4-1. Zamboni driver. Zamboni driver. Like, oh, <laughs> like, like all of these things. The fact that so we can like, list more than like 10 things. Honestly, we could yeah. list more than 10 things. That tells you, that tells you enough. Honestly, it's so like, yeah, like Matthews winning the heart on top of uh, top of another, another uh, rocket, back-to-back rockets, I think would be sick. And like, honestly, man, like, the main reason I want the Leafs to win a series is just so we can just eliminate the winner round chirp. Like, any, that's people literally... need to understand the minute it happens, that chirp is gone. You cannot use it anymore. No, sure, Zamboni you have driver, to whatever. use something more original after that. Yep. Yeah. Put gone. a little OBLD effort into it. Exactly. Exactly. You can, there's, there are so many other things. There's so many other things, <laughs> right? So just, just give us that. I think that's, that's, that's least message, least fan message to the Leafs themselves win the series so we, they, we can stop being chirped about it pretty much. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. And I guess with that, um, 
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hopefully, Austin Matthews wins the heart. We are his number one campaigners. And, <laughs> you know, hopefully the Leafs can get it done this year in the playoffs. We're all looking forward to game one against Tampa Bay. Fingers crossed, everyone. Thank you all for joining again.